Noah? Lucas? We finally got a pro runner on the show. Really? Yeah. Who do we got? We got John Renna freaking wiki. <laughs> Run a wiki. <laughs> Wait, do you want to do that again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I said Renna freaking wiki. I was I was trying to make a pun with Run a wiki. Oh. We can leave this in. If you want, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> do you want to? Yeah, let's leave it in. Okay, this is so uncut. This is uncut. Uncut footage. If you're new to the show, um, I'm Lucas. That's Noah. We just interviewed John Renewicki. Amazing interview. Amazing guest. Wouldn't you say so? Yeah, it was, it was really fun to talk to him and hear his perspective. Yeah, so we just always like to talk about ourselves and our personal races before we get into the interview, just to keep this more of a training log for us. So, Noah, how did your race go this past weekend? Um, let's just say I ran a 5.02 in the mile. Um, I mean, coming off of sickness, I didn't really expect much, but wow. 502. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, sickness can really do. Yeah, that I mean, it, it was, I mean, it was just a really big shock to the system. I'd say, um, right from like the first 400 meters, I'm like, whoa, this isn't how I'm supposed to feel. Because <laughs> um, we even went through the first 400 slow. I think I came in at like a 71, which is not where I wanted to be, and I was like already hurting, and I was like, all right, this is gonna be a long, you know five minutes yeah. <laughs> so and and it was but i mean i got through it and i didn't give up so we take it yeah i ran a 436 um i'm pretty happy with it uh i, I think that shoot am i not talking into this as well as i want to be there it is i ran a 436 it's you know it's fine um i wanted sub 430 on a flat track it's always hard to go for goals like that but i thought i could do it whatever I'm still happy with what happened. I'm happy with how I competed and raced. Got third in my heat. It's whatever. Honestly, it's it's just a good building block. Hopefully, try to make our conference meet soon in the 800. That's what we have coming up. A meet at Cornell. Aren't you excited for that? Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, I've never been to Cornell before, and I've heard some some things that's like a dark, scary track. At least that's what Clayton told me. I think <laughs> so. Eh, but I'm excited. <laughs> I'm I'm really I'm really excited to run there. And around an 800 because it's shorter than a mile. Hopefully, we'll feel better. But let's get started with our interview with John Renowicki, pro runner for Under Armour Baltimore. All right, so we are happy to welcome John Renowicki to the show. John, how are you doing today? I'm good. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Happy to yeah. be here with you. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, one quick question we like to ask every guest to just start off is, um, what was practice like today? Um, how far you run and how was all of that? Yeah, it, practice was, was nice today. I'm, um, I just got back home to Arizona uh, for a few days in between races. Um, I flew from Boston here a couple of days ago and I'm flying out to Albuquerque for USA's and on Thursday, today's uh, Tuesday. Um, but yeah, practice today was me alone, uh, sleeping in and going for an easy 10 miles um, from my parents' front door on the canal, um, just like a kind of dirt road, basically. Um, and yeah, came back and did some uh, some drills and some kind of med ball stuff, like really lightweight routine, I guess. Um, and uh, yeah, that's it. Just one, one and done for me today. So I do want to say congratulations on being the first ever pro runner guest on our show. Um, we're very excited to have you on. Um, would you just take a moment to uh, introduce yourself to anybody who may not know you? 
Yeah, I guess uh, my brief introduction would be, uh, my name is John. I, I ran collegially at Arizona State University. Um, I, I'm born and raised in Arizona and wasn't like uh, by any means a, a standout runner coming out of high school. So walked on to the school in state um, of a recruiting class of five. I was by far at the bottom um, and just kind of, uh, yeah, struggled a bit in high school, in college, um, finally found some consistency towards the end of my career um, after a few coaching changes and um, was lucky enough uh, during COVID um, to put some times down to get the interest from um, Under Armour and uh, signed with them back in 2021. Um, and so, yeah, it's been coming up on the end of year three with them. Um, and yeah, just been enjoying finally finding some consistency later in my running career than, than most would, but, um, but yeah, that's, I guess me in a nutshell. So we are super excited to dive into pretty much everything what you just said, but I think the first thing I want to say is another congratulations on the big win at BU Valentine, uh, this past weekend. Um, that seems like, uh, such a crazy, insane, awesome win for you. Do you want to just take us through how you felt at that race and just what it meant to you? Yeah. Uh, I mean, first off, just like a crazy weekend all around for my group, um, mission run Baltimore distance. We, uh, yeah, we had pretty much our whole entire group, our whole entire group racing this weekend, uh, men and women combined. Everyone was at BU Valentine and we had a couple guys, um, over at, uh, Milrose running the mile. Um, and yeah, for me specifically, it was a really, really great race. I'm coming off of kind of a poor performance in the 5K a couple of weeks ago, left Boston with my tail between my legs a little bit. Um, but yeah, I just was um, really, really happy to to get into a mile. Um, I always joke with like my coach and the guys on the team that like, I don't really feel like a miler in a lot of ways, but like, because of that, I think I like, I go into them with such a, uh, like, nothing to lose mentality. Like I'm not like, you know, one of the top milers that people don't look at me like, Oh, like, you know, you gotta watch out for this guy so I can just run pretty free. Um, and yeah, it was just, didn't really have a race plan going in. Um, literally sat down with my coach before the race and was just, you know, find room to run, to run clear. Cause I'm kind of a larger runner, uh, especially indoors. It's hard for me to like find room to run and not get tripped up. I like to play footsies with the people around me a little bit. Um, and yeah, it was run clear. And then, um, the, the, really the only thing I was focusing on was with, um, two laps to go, like make a move on the backstretch. Um, usually like on an outdoor track, I always key off of like kind of going around 300, 250, somewhere in there. Um, and in ours, it never ceases to, to fail that I, um, forget that two laps to go is 400 to go. And so I always wait too long in indoor. So finally, like, two laps to go made was able to make a good move and um yeah just felt felt strong and it was fun to just kind of race yeah two weeks prior you said you raced at boston terrier in the 5k um and you said it didn't go the way you wanted to um what did you and your coach talk about and what did you take away from that race so then two weeks later you can run 351 yeah yeah i think um I mean, initially what we talked about versus what we talked about when maybe emotions calmed down a little bit and I wasn't so frustrated um, after the race would be different. I think that just goes to show you always need to kind of like give yourself a second to like move past the race and think about it and reflect on it. Um, but kind of the big takeaway for me was, um, well, I I wanted more, of course. I feel like you always do in running. Like you, you're always 
thinking you can do more and like you, you wouldn't be in the sport if you didn't think you could always push yourself farther. But um, I think the, the, the big frustration for me came from like last spring, I was for the first time in my career, um, like feeling very fit um, coming off of for the first time also in my career, like a full previous season of like healthy running. And so this like finally had like a season with a, a year behind it. Um, and I couldn't get into a race that like I thought I deserved to be in last year. It was just um, when my 5k PR last spring came from like a really low key meet out in the suburbs of Boston um, with a teammate pacing me. Um, that was literally just the, the two of us pretty much together until he dropped out and I was alone. And like last spring, I was just jumping at the bit and begging basically for an opportunity for a race like two weeks ago, just a loaded field. Um, and I was just frustrated that I didn't, you know, take advantage of it. Cause I know, you know in the sport, like those opportunities are few and far between. Um, but with that said, you know, coming off of it a couple of days later, I had to remind myself that like, that was also my first indoor 5k ever. Um, shockingly at age 28, like I never had raced a 5k indoors before, like never really raced indoors in college until my fifth year. Um, and for whatever reason, just was never at the point that we thought we could tackle a 5k indoors. Um, so for me, it's like hard to compare it to like, you know, where have I been previously in indoors because I've never been in the position to let alone line up for one. So, um, yeah, it took a lot of positive from that and that, you know, it's not what I know that I'm capable of for sure. I mean, certainly not a, a good run and I am capable of more, but, um, for the time, um, of the year and kind of what we've been doing, I was able to, you know, come to terms with like, Hey, that's just where I'm at right now. And, um, it is a good sign for me and, and what I know I can do going forward. So you mentioned you're going to be competing at the U.S. Indoor Championships in Albuquerque, which is this weekend, I'm pretty sure? Yeah, it's uh, this Saturday is the 15 final. Right. So um, what is this week of training looking like coming off of the Valentine race? Is it more recovery focused or is it kind of business as usual? Yeah, it's um, it's kind of recovery. I mean, it's, I would say like, uh, you know, uh, race Saturday. So the day after had a long flight back to um, back home to, to Phoenix. Um, so I just did like a couple easy jogs yesterday, I did two easy jogs today, a bit longer. Um, cause I finally, you know, have to like, have my legs back under me tomorrow. I'll go to the track and do kind of our typical, um, three day out workout, you know, a little bit of tempo work and then maybe some, some quicker stuff to turn the legs over. So that like the, the lead in days, like three days, three, two, and one out from the race day will be pretty much the same. Um, but a little bit more jogging this week than normal. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's such a short indoor season. We um, definitely are backed off in the volume right now just to, like, you know, get the most out of the racing opportunities that we have right now. Um, so, yeah, pretty pretty much just jogging and some some quicker stuff tomorrow. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, but you guys do a 10-day training cycle? We do a 9-day cycle. Um, our, our women's team, I believe, do 10. Um Right now, we're kind of like when we get into racing season, we naturally shift back towards like seven days just because, you know, you're racing on a weekend. So it needs to sync up well. Um, but yeah, after this, we'll um, indoor season wraps up whenever that is this weekend or a couple of weeks down the road, depending on how things play out this weekend. Um, when we get back into like, uh, you know, full training, we'll go back up to altitude and get on it back on our nine day cycle um, until we you know pop back out and race in late May. Um, can you describe some of the benefits there is to a nine day cycle compared to a seven day cycle? Cause we're on a seven day cycle and I like it. 
Um, well, it's also like yeah. the most basic form yeah. of training as well. Like I think when you just are doing any sort of running training at the b- base level, you just kind of like, yeah, seven days. That's kind of how it works. Yeah. Well, and two for college, it's like, it's hard to, to have the flexibility with a college team of um, people who, you know, they can work out on pretty much any, you could work out on any day of the week, depending on like when the cycle falls. Um, so for that reason, it's like pretty hard to do in college. I don't, I don't know if there are many teams that do, would do anything besides a seven day cycle. Um, for us, like, I think and me specifically, the benefits are just recovery. Um, I've just always been such an injury prone runner um, that like, you know, being able to have um, more recovery days in between the hard sessions, I'm able to go into those hard sessions fresh and, and not beat up from the previous workout. And I think that's just gone a tremendous you know, way in making these, like helping these be able to stay healthy, basically. Um, so you're back home in Arizona. Where specifically in Arizona are you from? <laughs> I'm, I'm from like Scottsdale area. Um, okay. so, I mean, if you've been to Arizona in the Valley, it's basically just one big urban sprawl city. Um, That's true. It is. I actually, a- um, I actually visited there. I was in that exact area, literally that exact area at this time last year, because there was the innings festival there that I was seeing. It was like my big Christmas present or whatever. And I was able to run. I was able to run around that area. So I'm just curious, what are the go-to, not that I'm expecting anyone that listens to this to like know the Arizona area, but like what are the go-to running spots around there and just what's it like training out there? Yeah, I, running's really good out here. Um, I, I mean, the canal picks up like 100, 150 meters from my parents' front door. So that's most of my running is just from the, when I'm here from like, and when I was growing up from, from the door, um, on the canal, uh, workouts, I'm either popping over to ASU where I went to college or my dad's, um, my dad and my sister actually are coaching at Chaparral high school. So I'll go over there sometimes as well for workouts. Um, reach 11 is kind of like a trail system up North. That's just really nice. Like it's a bit cooler up there. There's kind of more trees. So it stays shaded um, a little bit softer dirt than the canal. And then there's a lot of mountain trails if you want to do trail running. Um, I mean, we're basically like Phoenix is a valley. So all around you are just huge mountains. So you can go out to South Mountain, uh, Browns Ranch. If you want to, you know, go a little bit farther out to like uh, Four Peaks off Highway 87, there's a lot of stuff up there. Um, I don't venture out on the trails too much. Um, but yeah, a canal is kind of my go to, especially when I'm home for short periods of time. I just, I enjoy kind of getting back to it a bit, but, um, yeah, it's good. It's really good. Yeah. So obviously your group under armor, um, is based in Baltimore. Um, when I hear Baltimore, it doesn't scream running, running, (laughs) running city. Um, but obviously under armor's headquarters are there. Can you describe just how you found Baltimore to be as a running city? And then also, how amazing the facilities are at the Under Armour facilities. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I I guess I was like, I didn't really know what to expect when moving to Baltimore. And it, um, I guess my situation would be a little bit different as far as like joining the team than the other guys. It wasn't like I was like looking at other groups or um, was like, you know, considering coming or not going. Like I was always going to like go to Baltimore when the opportunity came. Um, so I basically started... I, when I started with Under Armour, I was individually sponsored. And so I was training in Boulder for a year, um, living with my coach who um, was coaching Tim Manalit at the time. Um, and then as the group kind of 
you know, started taking some traction that, hey, we're going to start this thing up and it was going to be located at um, the global headquarters here in Baltimore. Um, it was just like a, yeah, when are we moving? Like, let's go type situation. So didn't really anticipate what it would be like or have any, you know, preconceived ideas going in. It was just like, all right, let's, let's go do it here. Um, and so initially like moving to a city from, you know, only ever living like in the West, like Arizona and Colorado was certainly a big transition. Um, but yeah, it was just, you know, I'm taking the time to, to find the trails, find the parks, um, and get everything kind of set up. Um, but yeah, it's really, really good setup. Now we have, um, there's really good running. Like, I mean, you have to drive a little bit to get to our long run spot. Um, like more than I'm used to, which is driving nothing, <laughs> but, um, but no, it's really good. There's a lot of, a lot of dirt trails and parks to get to. Um, and I mean, like you said, like the, just being at the Under Armour global headquarters and having all the support that comes with that, um, is, is crazy. It's, it's, I mean, we're at a point now with our team and the setup where we don't want for anything. Um, and I think it's just a really, um, unique place to be in as a professional runner. I think, uh, professional running a lot of times is like, you know, it sounds great. And, um, you know, how could like, you know, it not be better than college, but when, when you're like an individual sponsored professional runner, you really are kind of doing it on your own and you don't have all the facilities and the support system that comes with being in college. Um, you know, like you don't have a training staff or, you know, doctors on campus that, you know, you can just go and see, and then they'll, you know, worst case, if you need to go see a specialist, they'll arrange all that for you. Um, when you're individual, it's kind of on you to figure that out. Um, but now like being a part of a group, we, we're, we've built out that support system. So it is almost kind of like, you know, having that, that team around you again, that I was used to having in college. So I guess the part I'm curious about is what was the time period like in between college ending and um, getting sponsored? Because I'm pretty sure there was a COVID in the middle of that. So that must have thrown things off as well. Yeah, that I would say that is definitely like, I mean, even I like to think back on that and be like, I don't know how I got to this point in my career. I also don't know how I'm, I, I, I always like, not always say this, but like I'm, I'm 28 years old now and I I feel like this is like one of my, like my second or third indoor season. Like, I just feel like so young in the sports still and like such a lack of experience. I mean, I have more experience now, I think coming off of a full quality year last year. Um, but yeah, the, the time between college and I guess signing with Under Armour was, um, it was messy. I mean, COVID was going on. There was a lot of um, uncertainty in the world. Uh, I was certainly in the running climate and brands bringing on, bringing on new athletes. Um, yeah, I guess to take you through it, I mean, I graduated um, from ASU with my master's program in 2019. And then I started coaching with my current coach now, Corey Leslie, as his assistant at uh, Arizona State. And so I was coaching with him at the time that COVID kind of started. And so yeah, it was, it was tough. Like I was training and, um, you know, we were trying to recruit and manage the college team. And of course, you know, can't meet for practice and there's all these, you know, protocols that are different. And it's just a very challenging period of time and, um, ended up, you know, just going up North in Arizona and just kind of being like, Hey, there's nothing else to do right now. I might as well just train really hard. And so that's kind of what I did. And then found some races late in kind of the COVID era and um they went well and um kind of in the background my coach was talking to Under Armour a little bit for me and uh, just kind of one thing led to another and was lucky enough to get picked up by them 
Yeah, speaking of coaching, uh, you're coaching athletes right now um, online, right? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do a bit of coaching. Um, and it's, it's kind of always been something that I, I mean, even before I got the opportunity to run professionally, that was kind of my plan with Corey was, you know, all right, I had just qualified for um, like my fifth year. I didn't make it to NCAAs in anything. I've actually never made it to NCAAs. Um, I made it to USAs though, because I ran a 10K like the same weekend as NCAAs and it went well. And then that got me to USAs. So after USAs, it was like, all right, like, you know, we'll, we're going to make a push for the Olympic trials and the marathon, which would be like six months after the USAs was that year. Um, and then, you know, race marathon trials, give it your all, and then kind of, you know, hang the shoes up right off and do the the coaching thing. And that was kind of what I wanted to do is pursue college coaching. And then of course, COVID happened and that threw everything out the window. And I just kind of started training more and that one thing led to another. Um, but yeah, coaching is something I love doing. Um, growing up, it's kind of always been an interest of mine. My dad was my high school coach and um, I've just been lucky to be around a lot of really good and um, yeah, just coaches that have inspired me to want to kind of get into the same, the same craft. Um, so yeah, I do, I do a bit of that currently still. Yeah. Being a pro runner, you're so used to your training. Obviously the people you're coaching aren't pro runners, right? Do you find that to be a, like a stark adjustment or does it correlate pretty well? Um, I mean, well, certainly like we're not doing the same things, right? I've got, and I, and I have, I have people I work with that are abilities of, you know, wanting to run four hours in the marathon all the way down to, um, you know, trying to break 14 minutes in the 5k. Um, so it's, it's such a wide range. And I, I think for me, the biggest thing is like, I feel like I, at all levels, I can assert one way or another relate to every single athlete that I coach. Um, and two, it's like, I, I, I feel like I've made pretty much every mistake in the sport that you could possibly make. Um, just from, you know, graduating high school up until like the early years out of college, just with injuries and doing things the wrong way and finding out the hard way that like, you know, there's certain ways to go about things in which I wasn't, um, that I, I get a lot of enjoyment out of helping others and keeping them from making similar mistakes and making sure they stay healthy and, um, you know, put, putting them on the right path and just kind of guiding them in the right direction. Um, how hard was it mentally to stay strong with all the running when you were going through those injuries? Is there ever a point where the thought crosses your mind of like, man, I'm never going to get over this. I might as well just hang them up. Yeah. It, um, I mean, to be honest, there was never like, it was certainly some very, very, very low points. Um, yeah. I mean, my, my college career, I, my, my true freshman year, I was healthy. And then, um, sophomore junior senior fifth year had a stress fracture every single year and then out of college I had two back-to-back -back where I was kind of like sidelined for almost like a year and a half so like there were two pretty serious stress fractures and I had like some Achilles stuff in between and like in I mean even in college where it was like you know I just was in this cycle where I could get a get a serious injury swim for a couple months come back for you know a late track season get my you know teeth punched in by like a 5k performance that like i mean i remember one year i went to mount sack and like i had been swimming for like two months and my coach threw me into 5k at the time and i ran like 15 30 and i was just like what am i doing like just not having any fun um never like i don't know why i mean it probably just like 
stupidity or naive. Um, I, I never like thought about quitting running. It was always something that I was just like, I don't know why. I was just like, oh, I, I, I think I can be good at this. I'm just going to keep sticking with it. I, I didn't really have a reason to stick with it. Like there was, I wasn't getting any signs from anything performance wise that you know, I, I could be good. Um, it was just a, like, I don't know, for, for whatever reason, it was just like, I just stuck with it. I, I can't really point to like a single thing that was like, oh, like I, I knew I was going to be a good runner. Like I had this early signs of potential. Like I, there was really nothing that pointed to um, me having any success, to be completely honest with you. Just dumb. Yeah. Naive. Wanted to keep running. What were some of the mistakes you were making that led to those injuries? And then what are you doing now that you're not getting injured, obviously? Yeah, I, I think a lot of my early injuries um, can be attributed to just overtraining. Um, I mean, I, in high school, I'm running under my dad, I was more low mileage. And then, like I said, when I came on to ASU, I was, um, you know, bottom of the program and just kind of was very eager to get better and prove my, I guess, spot on the team. And so I thought, you know, training harder would, would get me to where I wanted to go. And um the older guys on the team, you know, they'd come to practice. The the top guys who at the time were pretty good. Arizona State, when I walked on, their like seniors and fifth year runners were pretty good. Um, and I would just, you know, hey, what are, what are you guys doing for, for practice today? And I would just follow along with them and hang on until I couldn't anymore. And so I think overtraining for sure was um, a big part of it. Um, and I think, um, yeah, like I just, I think a, a big issue too is I was probably growing a bit when I started in college. Like, I think when I came out of high school, I was like six foot maybe. And I grew like an extra three inches, um, like sophomore to senior year, um, which is weird. Like I don't, most people I feel like don't grow when they're in college, but um, I probably factored in as well. Um, but yeah, I think the, the, hot, the, the biggest thing was just like too much volume. Um, when Corey Leslie came in my fifth year, or at least started, he came in my fourth year and was an assistant coach when he started with me full time as a, uh, the fifth year um he basically just cut 40 miles of training from my schedule um and that was the first time I stayed healthy and then ran that season in the spring I ran PRs in every single event um in COVID the same thing until I had a little bit more injuries as a pro but yeah it's been pretty 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 good since uh linking up with Corey a few years ago so what would you say to like a younger runner or better yet, even an athlete that you coach who thinks, oh, I need to run faster then more mileage is the answer? Because I'll be honest, I've been kind of victim to the thought of, well, I'll, let me just run 60, 70 miles a week and then I'll be, a, you know, the best ever. So like, you know, what would you say to that runner who has that mindset? Yeah, I think, I mean, it just comes down to consistency, right? And it's like what you're doing each year, um, like you can't just expect like your body to be able to to tolerate like these massive jumps in your training you kind of have to like take a step back and think about it logically like like of course running is any anybody's into any sport i mean like i i think a lot about like my little brother right now who's a competitive swimmer and these are kind of similar conversations i have with him it's like you sometimes have to remove yourself as like you're you're clearly so emotionally invested in it like you want to be so so good at it but if you think about it in terms of anything else like studying or like you know, career path or like any other hobby you're into, like you're not just gonna like flip a switch and do twice the amount that you're normally doing and expect it to be sustainable. Um, and I think a lot of it just comes from like your emotional commitment and you know, not being too high and not being too low and just understanding the fact that it's like you're not gonna get where you want to go in 
a couple of weeks, a couple of months, even a year. Like it's, it's just that consistency of years stacked on years. That's, that's going to make the difference. Um, and I mean, I guess I would, would tell them, you know, if they want to look at anything, I mean, like I, I didn't see a, a shred of reason. I mean, my, my first probably good season was two years ago. Um, and up until then, like, it was pretty mediocre at running, running. Like, um, so I would just say like, it takes time and you can't expect it to happen overnight. And, um, you have to be in it for the, the long haul and you, you have to be willing to put in the work for a long period of time without seeing any results and, and, and be okay with that, you know? Um, going back to Boston a little bit, um, a terrier didn't go your way. And then Valentine, you win, um, and race with a lot more confidence, I would say, um, simply like, is there, in my own running, I'd say I struggle with confidence a little bit of like, I'm going to be on the line. I'm going to like, all these guys are equal. Like I can beat them. Um, was there like, simply like, is there like a secret to building confidence that you found um, in those like two weeks? Yeah. When it, when it comes to the mile and I, this kind of goes back to what I was originally saying, like, because I don't consider myself like like I, the way I approached have, have come into racing the mile, like is the opposite way that you would do it. Um, like, I mean, I was racing the 10 K when I left college and like, naturally, like you go from 10 K to, to marathon, you know, like you move up in distance, not down in distance. And so I think moving down in distance has given me like a different, I guess, emotional relationship with it. Whereas like, you know, when I'm lining up in like 10 Ks and five Ks, like, and I want desperately to, to be good. And I like, I, I know who the top guys are. It's like, okay, like I need to be like king off them or, you know, what are they doing in the race where it's like, when I come into a mile, it's almost just like, like I'm running dumb a little bit. Like I, I, I don't, I don't care who's on the start line. You know, like I don't, I, when I'm in 5k I, and like, this is obviously something that I'm saying and it's obviously bad and I can improve on it, but this is just currently where I'm at is like, and if I'm racing a 5k or 10k, I'm like looking at the start list, like, Oh, who's in it. I'm getting really excited about the race. Whereas like, anytime I've ever been in a mile, like I don't know who's in the race and, and I don't really care who's in the race because it's, it's a mile. And for me, it's like miles are so short and they're fast and like, you don't, there's not a lot of time to think and it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Right. It's like, it's just you focusing on yourself and, and racing. And like, that's, that's it. It's like, it's just simple. And for me, that's kind of what I enjoy about it is like, you don't really have time to think like you just like when the gun goes off, like even if I have a race plan going in, a lot of the times it goes out the window and like, I just instinctually race. And um, yeah, the past couple of years or past starting last spring, like racing the 1500 a bit more. Um, it's just been enjoyable to like get back to like pure racing um, and not stressing so much about time or, you know, like qualifying for something. Um, and that's been, I think really big for me. You mentioned looking at the start list of certain races, like maybe a five or a 10 K, which is your primary events. An interesting thought I just had, which I've never really considered before, is, you know, us as fans of the sport, we'll see like a pro or whatever run a crazy time and be like, wow, that's crazy. They ran that time. You being their competition, do you have that at all? Or is your just first thought, oh, man, that's even more people to compete with? Yeah, like you mean as if like when I see like other pros run fast, like what yeah, I Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I think. That's an interesting question. And like right now, I guess how I would answer that is like, we have a group of guys who are like extremely fit right now and doing some crazy things. Like we've got a Medjazeri, like t Tunisian record holder. Um, like he's going to be in the Olympic final this year in the steeplechase. 
Adam Fogg just ran 349. Casey just ran 351 at Milros. Like, like I'm, we're training together on a daily basis. Like, I mean, yeah, like there's just no, like, I guess times, times in a sense, like I don't factor them anymore because it's just like, like I, at the end of the day, like all, all we want to do is we want to line up in a race and we want to compete and we want to put ourselves in a position to win. Um, and I think time is um, an outcome in that, but we're more focused on, um, you know, being in the moment and, and competing and, and letting the times kind of be what they are going to be on that, on the backside of it. I think, um, I mean, especially now it's like recent years, I guess, since COVID, like, I mean, it's been a long time since like, I'm almost like numb to like fast times. I feel like previously, you know, when I was, you know, younger, like maybe four years ago, if I thought of like a 350 mile, I'd just a collegiate running. I'd be like, that's ridiculous, like blown away. But, um, people are doing that week in week out now. And so it's like almost, you're almost expect it. Um, so I think for me, it's, it's, um, putting more emphasis on racing and, um, trying to win races and just letting, you know, times be what they're going to be. Yeah. Like you said, your teammates and Under Armour is, you know, as a whole are running a lot faster now. Are you gaining so much confidence from that? Like that you're seeing your teammates run fast and also you run fast and then just getting more confidence in your coach and training of like, Oh, this is working now. Yeah. I mean, I think for, I mean, you, you guys got to cut to see a lot of, um, a lot of like success from our group this weekend. But I mean, for us, like, it doesn't really change anything. I don't think it changes how we feel about ourselves and what we know we're capable of. I think we've always kind of known what we were capable of and, and had that confidence. And it comes from, you know, our belief and our love for each other and, um, you know, just committing to doing this thing of running like together and um, going all in with each other on it and being vulnerable and like the good and the bad and the ugly. And um, when you're, when you're able to have a good weekend, like coming off of it, like, yeah, it's, it's easy right now to be like, gone. Oh, I'm so confident. Like I can do anything. Like this is amazing. I love this sport, but like running's tough. Like, I mean, there's going to be races later this season that I'm not happy with that other guys on our team struggle, other women on our team struggle. And you have to be like, okay with that and accept it. And you know, when it happens, not let your world come crumbling underneath you and, and move on and, and, and go to the next thing. So I think it's, you know, being humble and in victory and, you know, not being too down when, when you have a, a tough one um, and just kind of keeping even keel emotions throughout, it's easier said than done. And certainly not something that I'm good at, but, um, but yeah, I just think it's, you know, having that confidence in your, in your preparation and, and the people that you're doing with it and keeping it simple. So pivoting uh, subjects a little bit, you had a big win last year at the trials of miles at icon stadium. I'm pretty sure. Um, how was running at Icon? Because I grew up right around that area. I'm from the New York City area. I'm not from New York City. But I just want to know what you thought. I don't know how much time you've spent in the city or that area, but we just thought of the New York running community as a whole because that's kind of my that's my area pretty much. Yeah, yeah. No, that was a really, really fun race. We um, That was honestly like my, my first 1,500 in a while. Like that was really – that was the first 1,500 I raced – I can't remember. I mean, the first notable one anyways. Um, and it was just a lot of fun. That whole meet was a, a thrill. Like I'd, I'd raced in New York a couple times before. I, my first time was Dr. Sanders last year. And then I'd done a road mile in the summer, the Brooklyn road mile. And so I got to spend some time in the city. Um, and I enjoy running in the city. It's fun. Um, fun for me, at least a fun place to visit. I don't necessarily see myself living in a big city, but, um, but I enjoyed it a lot. And um, just kind of the area too around the track was really fun. Like we were out doing 
a workout after the race last year and like it's kind of right on the water and um some really good like kind of panoramic views of the city and it was just yeah i mean every time we go it's it's fun and it's a memorable experience Randall's Island is super cool. Uh, we went there for New York Relays last year. It's my first time there. Yeah. Uh, just cooling down right, like you said, right on the water. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. super cool. And just the whole stadium experience. You don't, in high school, you don't really get to race in that many quote-unquote stadiums. So yeah. I just think it's It is a cool. massive stadium. Like, I mean, yeah. It's one of the things, too, where I didn't really know what to expect when we went there. It was just, um, we had just come down from altitude and we'd been up in um, northern Arizona and popped down. And so, like, going from small town environment in Northern Arizona. Um, we were actually training at my family's cabin um, and that's not even a city it's called like Happy Jack, Arizona, which is a population of like 10 people. Um, and we went from there directly to this race in New York. And so it was just almost like culture shock and like, you know, I hadn't seen a, a traffic stoplight, you know, in months, <laughs> like, and then, you know, you're on the subway and like just people everywhere. So it was, um, yeah, it was overwhelming, like in a good way. And it was, it was, yeah, for us last year, it was kind of like the, the kicking off point of a really um, good, consistent outdoor season for us. Um, I think everybody ran pretty well there and we just gave us a lot of confidence moving forward. For you, how long do you spend um, in the year at altitude and what are some of the benefits you find of altitude training? And really, do you like altitude training? Cause you're kind of like locked away like up in the mountains kind of away from everything. So do you like it? Yeah, I love it. I think, um, I, I, I just enjoy like kind of putting your head down and, and working and like not have, not being in an environment with like a lot of distractions. Um, for us, we usually do two, like as a team, two altitude camps a year. We'll do one kind of, um, leading up to Christmas before racing some cross country and then we'll do another one in April leading into May before kind of kicking off the spring season. Um, we, and we go to Arizona for it, which for me is really fun just cause I'm from Arizona. So I get to see family, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's a really big part of what we do. Um, uh, we, I mean, obviously being based in Baltimore, being able to have home at sea level and you get on the track and do some fast stuff is very important for us and our training schedule and our the system that we operate in. Um, but going up into, altitude and, and getting the strength work in certain times of the year and that environment is really important for us um and allows us to do a lot of the things that we do in racing later in the season um but for me personally like yeah i feel like i thrive um in that environment i, I just yeah you know delete social media from your phone tuck away into the, the mountains and you know just focus on your craft for a little bit is fun for me so we're freshmen right now we got three more years here um after this season uh, we've talked about doing an altitude trip before, but you know, it's a lot of money and everything. How necessary would you say if we want to really maximize our potential <laughs> here? Um, is it for, you know, just any young runner to just go while they're in college and experience an altitude? Do you think it's that much more of a benefit? I mean, I don't want to say it's like going to make or break your season, but I think, I think it's just one of those things where like when you start committing to things, um, and like, getting certain enjoyment out of it out of it and um like i think too like the biggest thing is like if, if there's something that you think is going to be good for you and you believe that it's going to be good for you and you do it you get a lot of confidence and a lot of pride and like hey like i'm taking those steps in order to invest in my own success and my own improvement um and i think too it's like certainly like i would say like hey make sure that you know you're you know you're going to be a responder and if, if you are going to make the investment to go up there with you know 
a group of guys from your team, it's like, you know, seek out a blood test beforehand and um, get your red blood cells checked. And when you come down, do the same thing, get your red blood cells checked. I mean, you can probably get a blood test for 50, hundred bucks with or without insurance. Um, you just gotta have to do some research, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's like check your numbers and, and see, and I think it'll be interesting for you to like, to one, like, I think there's a lot of benefit in going up there for kind of the training camp mentality, but there's also like, you know, you're in, like the goal is to add more red blood cells. And if, if, if your body's not a responder, then there's really not a lot of benefit for you to be up there. But um, yeah, I would say, I mean, why not go for it? Nothing to lose. Right. Right. Oh yeah. Um, so it's an Olympic year um, moving into the outdoor season. What are some of your goals? And then for indoor season, what are you looking to do at the end of it? Is it world champs? Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, the, the goal coming into this year, the whole time has just kind of been, let's put ourselves in the best situation possible to be firing on all cylinders um, at the end of June. And I think we're, you know, definitely on track for that. And I think surprised in a good way of how fast we've been able to run so early based on the training that we've been doing. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, the consistency that we had last year. Um, but yeah, the, the goal um, overarching theme is, you know, be the best version of yourself in late June. Um, we're not doing, you know, a whole lot of things different. You know, I think we did a lot of right things last year, I guess, indoor season specifically now um, going into the U S champs this weekend with the world standard in my pocket, certainly, um, I mean, yeah, the goal is going to be to try to finish top two. Um, so we'll just kind of see where the chips fall. I'm definitely going to, um, yeah, race to win. And um, yeah, put, put myself in it for sure. That's the goal. I don't know. Is Albuquerque at altitude? Yep. yep. So Albuquerque, Albuquerque, like 5,000 feet, just under maybe. So what's it like running a championship like race in altitude? I feel like that's a weird experience. Yeah. USA's was there last year, actually. Um, and I feel like I, at least me specifically, I race good at altitude, well at altitude. Um, we obviously do altitude camps. And I think coming down, especially if, you know, maybe not right now as on paper, good of a 5k runner as my mile PR now reflects, but like, I feel like I have the strength of a 5k runner. And so a mile at altitude is for me, I enjoy it. Like I, I'm glad it's at altitude. I think it takes the sting out of some of the other, you know, true milers in the race so i'm looking forward to it in that sense and two it's like um i mean yeah i mean i'm, I'm used to being at altitude. i sleep in a an altitude tent back in baltimore so it's my body's definitely adapted for it um and excited to get out there definitely i see it as uh, a positive for me and not a negative yeah as runners like everybody's dream right is to be a professional runner um what's your favorite part about being a pro runner yeah. It, I mean, it is. I, I sometimes have to like remind myself, like I'm, I'm doing right now, even though it's like, like I said, like earlier in this conversation, like you always want more from yourself and you always think you can do more. Um, I have to sometimes remind myself like, Hey, like what I'm doing right now is already beyond like what I thought I would ever be doing in this sport. Um, I mean, yeah, if I think back to like what I thought I would get out of this sport when I was a freshman at Arizona state, um, certainly wouldn't be running professionally and it certainly wouldn't be running as fast as I am or going into a U.S. championship with a standard to compete at a world championship. Of course, um, there's still a long way to go from where I am now to where I want to be and hope to be. Um, but, but yeah, I think it's just like appreciating where you are and where you've come from. Um, but, you know, staying hungry along the way. We've been having a lot of conversations here about having an off switch, kind of just how you're mentally 
detaching yourself from running when you don't need to be locked in all the time. As a pro runner, not to keep bringing up the pro runner thing, but it's kind of your thing here. Um, as a pro runner, it kind of seems like that's your eat, sleep, breathing, all you do. Uh, how important is it for you to have an off switch, and what are you doing when you're not, you know, thinking about running? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's super important, right? Like, of course, running's. I mean, it's a huge part of my identity. Like, I'm not gonna sit here and say like, oh, running's not important to me or um, like a big part of my life. It, it's it's everything to me. Like, I mean, yeah, it's it's in my family. Like, my dad's a coach. It's like it's everything I've done since I was a kid. Like, um, in that sense, but like it is important to have other things um, that you can do when you're not in the sport. And I think for me and my setup right now in Baltimore, like I live with um, one of my ex teammates who, you know, he's not in the running world anymore. He's got a, a big boy, full-time job and a girlfriend and we've got friends back in Baltimore and, you know, we enjoy spending time with people who are outside of the sport. And I get a lot of enjoyment out of that. Like spending time with people who don't want to talk about running all the time. Like just, I mean, like it's, it's also important to like humble yourself in the sense of like, it's, it's so important to, to us and to myself and especially this year being Olympic year, but it's just running at the end of the day. Right. Like, like there's people who don't, a lot of people who don't have any idea like what it is or what's going on or the importance of it. And, you know, they'll feel the same way about you, whether you succeed or not. And I think it's um, keeping that perspective is really healthy. Um, and, and yeah, it's just not letting yourself, be so um, emotionally connected to your performances and knowing that it's going to be good either way. It's funny you bring that up because like, you know, at Terrier, I ran my big mile PB. Um, it was 434. And in the moment I was ecstatic and I still am ecstatic about it. Uh, but I came back here, obviously super, super happy and kind of forgot that, you know, not that many people actually care, which is a good thing. But, you know, I, like expecting to go into class and like the teacher to be like, before attendance, big announcement, you know, but, um, exactly. I mean, even it's, I mean, you running your mile and, you know, every single person on my team who had a, an amazing weekend this past weekend, like the way that you feel about yourself after that race is the same. And like the, the effort that you put into that and how hard you worked for it is, is the same, right? Like everybody's doing it on their own level and like in their own event, but it's like, I mean, at the end of the day, like that's all it is, right. It's just trying to see like how good you can be and in, in being in it for yourself and in it for your team and just having fun. And I mean, it's not, it doesn't need to be so serious or put so much pressure on it. Of course, like I say that and like, you know, this, the flip does need to switch, of course, when you're in those race day situations and, you know, the gun goes off and um, you're racing to win, of course, and like it, it is everything. But I mean, removing yourself from that also when it's it's not time to be wired that way and kind of chill and take a step back. Yeah. So um, at the end of every episode, we kind of do like a cool down segment where like we just kind of ask a bunch of rapid fire questions, like some running related, some not. Um, so the first one I got for you that, it's oh, a famous question, famous question. Um, so, oh, you know, um, what's the largest animal you can theoretically beat in a fight? Largest animal. Um, Ooh, maybe like an elk. Like a, I ran up, I was in uh, Arizona the other day running, I mean, Arizona, I was up North in Arizona I'm running the other day and I came across an elk on the trail and they're big, they're like basically horses, but like meaner looking. I feel like. That's the largest animal I've been around in a while where I was like, I could take it out at the legs if I needed to. <laughs> yeah, everybody always goes for like the the punches and like the kicking out. Anyway, um, 
when I was in Arizona, this is something that crossed my head way too much. When you're running, are you ever nervous about a snake? Because I was terrified. Did you see any? No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you, know, you don't see a lot of snakes here. I mean, they, they are here, but like in the city, um, yeah, you'd have to be like out like in the foothills like and be looking under rocks in the desert like sun to like see some because that's usually where they're all kind of curled up under rocks but no i've seen on a run maybe twice in my life a snake out here Good to know. you see coyotes all the time though oh that's, that's <laughs> equally <laughs> terrifying <laughs> like yesterday i was running um on um, i like like you can take the canal on the indian reservation there's a lot of like wild dogs and out there and i usually don't run out there but i was trying to cut through to this track um whatever different story but um there was like a bunch of coyotes actually on the run and like um but i was like i'd rather see coyotes than i would like wild dogs out there because the wild dogs out there are aggressive like they will they will chase you and want to bite you and you got to jump in the canal to get away from them like every time like uh, there's ever people out here that like aren't from arizona they want to like take the canal under the indian reservation because it's like it's prettier out there there's not any buildings it's just kind of like scenic desert but I'm always like, man, you're taking your life in your own hands out there with those res dogs. They're wild. There's wild dogs out there. I'm scared of dogs. That's what he's saying. He's very scared of dogs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's not a... Staying on the city canal when when you're in town then, you'll be fine. um, What do you like better, split shorts or half tights? Uh, Lately, it's been half tights. Yeah. Although today I I was uh, in, in the split shorts trying to work on some tan lines in the summer sun here. Winter, summer sun. Feels like summer. Usually, when I ask this question, the runners aren't sponsored, so obviously Under Armour. But I'll pivot my question to: What is your favorite part about the Under Armour spikes that you wear? Ooh, we've got some good ones right now. Um, yeah, Under like we they've been so the, the the footwear team has come up with so many prototypes just in the past year. I've from Indoor USA's last year, like just a year ago, to now I've raced in one, two three, four different prototypes that have all just gotten better, 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 better. And I mean, we've, I think when I get back to Baltimore, I've got two more prototypes waiting for me. So like they're, it's a brand right now that's investing heavily in the sport. Um, and I think you guys are starting to see a little bit of that. It's kind of stuff that we've known in the background for a while now that, you know, we've, we've got a really great roster and a great support system. That's, um, you know, trying to do some stuff this year, but our spikes are really good right now. My favorite is a prototype. It's like the, we're just calling it the MD. Um, it'll probably come out with a new name as like the Velocity Elite uh, or the Shakedown Elite 2. Um, but yeah, they're really good. It's what all the guys have been wearing right now. It's what Fog and Casey wore at Miller's Games. It's what I wore um, at BU. I'll wear it at USA's. Um, yeah, it's really, really good shoe. Um, growing up, did you have a pro runner that you looked up to or any role models in general? Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. I had um, I really was a big fan of uh of Evan Jager. I just yeah, I thought he was super cool. Um, even back when he was at like, Wisconsin, I thought that was super sick. And obviously, he went pro so young. Um, like starting, I think he left when he's a freshman from Wisconsin just to join with uh OTC. So yeah, I would say him for sure. Um, Corey Leslie maybe a little bit, but I I also didn't really know who he was until I uh, <laughs> met him at Arizona State. But um. But yeah, probably Jagger, I'd say. Do you listen to music before you race? And if so, what music? <laughs> I'm a big music listener. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, all the time. Yeah, I mean, like today, 
uh, every run I'm ever on alone. I've got music. I've got the the Bluetooth on to, through to my Garmin. Um, it's kind of all over the place, to be honest. Like, it doesn't, I don't, I feel like if anything before a race, like I, I'll get like too anxious, like too keyed up and like, you know, an hour out from the race, I'm already kind of like trying to, my body's like wants to switch into that like killer attitude, but it's like, okay, hey, too early, like calm down, like save it for the race. Um, so literally like the other day I was doing drills outside of the Boston outdoor track, like listening to like Jason Mraz, just trying to like calm down, like something that's like not going to hype me up. And then like, you know, maybe towards the end of the cool down, I'll throw some rap on or something. Um, but usually it's like, I feel like I get keyed up too much without the music where I need like the music to calm me down a little bit and lower the heart rate. <laughs> um, the Super Bowl was Sunday. Did you have a team you're rooting for and did you watch it? Uh, to be honest, no. The Super Bowl, like, the I, I would have loved that the Lions or the Ravens made it. I think, I mean, of course, being from Baltimore, the Ravens would have been super sweet to be in the game. But um, no, nah, they're just like, I mean, I'm an Arizona sports fan. Like, obviously, the Cardinals weren't very good this year, as we you know typically have been. But um, yeah, it wasn't an exciting matchup for me. I watched the tail end of it. I, I was actually flying, landing in Phoenix, like, during the start of the game. But um. I wasn't much of a football fan on Sunday, unfortunately. I'm going off script here. I'm a big hockey fan. Does anybody care about the Coyotes there? Like anyone? <laughs> uh, Arizona's a weird, like, I feel like we're known for being like a bunch of bandwagon fans. Um, my favorite pro t- uh, like sport is basketball. Um, I personally don't follow hockey. I don't know if a lot of people really care about hockey out here to be honest i can't imagine um, they do I know we were good a couple of years ago I, I know that but like besides that i don't i don't really watch it unless i'm like back home in baltimore and my uh, roommate who's really into hockey has it on and then i'll watch with him yeah um do you have a favorite pixar movie Ooh. I mean, like the classics, like growing up, like Toy Story, of course, like gotta be it. But recently, at least the last one I can think of that I really liked was uh, Moana. Like that's the one in like Hawaii or based like in Polynesia or something. Yeah, yeah that was kind of technically funny. not Pixar, but I don't want to be. No, it's not. I don't want to be that guy, but it's not. Okay. Uh, go to ice cream flavor. Ooh, I love ice cream. I I have a massive sweet tooth. Like I can't. I can't keep it in the house, like, or I'll just eat anything. Uh, but oh shoot, go-to ice cream would have to be maybe just like vanilla or cookie dough, honestly. Like, like I'm a sucker for just like good vanilla ice cream um, or gelato. If I'm like, if I'm buying it for the house, it's regular ice cream. If I'm going out with gelato. Dang, I'm gonna have to get some gelato tonight now. <laughs> gelato is underrated. It really is. So good. I don't know what that is. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> I might be dumb right now, but I. Okay. I don't want to like <laughs> explain. I'll, I'll find it. some gelato this, this uh, weekend. Yeah. yeah. Um. Maybe it's an upstate. I mean, there's no none upstate. <laughs> I haven't seen any. Yeah, up here, I don't know. Like... Um, what's your favorite post-race meal? Uh, what do you eat after uh, winning at uh, Valentine? Uh, what did I have after Valentine? We walked uh, to this Mexican place, and I think I just had like a quesadilla. Pretty. Was it El Jefe's? Was it El Jefe? No. Oh. Not El Jefe. <laughs> uh, someone was telling me about El Jefe um, that they went there, but I don't think we went to a different place, something cantina. Um, it was like a, a weird mix of like a bar on one side, bar slash nightclub on one side, and like a restaurant on the other. I think there was like a, yeah, some something wild going on on the other side when we were having dinner. But uh, but no, I just had a quesadilla, kept it simple. 
tucked, went, went home and tucked myself into bed. All right, this question is the last one. Um, it's not NFL related. I hate that this question has become NFL related. Just musically, does Taylor Swift deserve the massive praise she gets? Like massive praise for dating an NFL player? No, no, no. Like when I started asking this, she had nothing to do with the NFL. And now she does, and I hate that. But just take that completely out of the equation. To be honest, like, I don't listen to Taylor Swift. Um, I listen to like a huge range of music, and I, there's not a lot of stuff I don't like, but I, Taylor Swift doesn't really do it for me personally. Um, yeah, I don't, to be honest, I don't really understand the hype, but um, I mean, yeah, she's a talented musician with uh, a very loyal following, and um, she's done well for herself. It's a nice way of putting it. All right, well, to end, uh, we always like to ask if you have any advice for us. Advice. Um, I would say, I mean, you guys are freshmen in college. Yep. Yep. I mean, like just keep having fun with it. I think like the biggest thing is just not taking it too seriously and enjoying it. I mean, if I could go back to college and do it over again, like I would just, you know, appreciate more of like the time I'm in and, you know, whether you're, you're at or you're working to get to the point in which you want to in this sport, like, enjoy every moment of it and don't take anything for granted. And I mean, just have fun. It's all, what it's all about at the end of the day. I think don't, don't make it so serious. Don't be so hard on yourself. Um, be a good teammate and, you know, make good friends and just cherish it. We definitely will. Yeah. Appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, we're finally speaking. So yeah. Thanks. And, uh, yeah, stay tuned next week for Christian Kiss. But yeah, we will see you. Awesome. Thanks, guys.